Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren of Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Do you realize that so much power is in just a few? So much power with just a few. I just would say it's a very corrupting influence. And that again looks like, wow, it looks like end times. Another thing we see is there's so much deception in the world today. The level of deception is so high, so high. You remember Jesus' disciples asked him and said, what are the signs going to be at the end of the age? Some translations say world, but the word actually means age, of this age. And the first thing he said was, uh, see to it that you're not deceived. There's going to be a great spirit of deception going out into the earth. And how are people going to be deceived? I believe one major way is in the, the area of lawlessness and righteousness. What's right and what's wrong? When he says there, see to it that you be not deceived, the next thing he says, many will come in my name and say I'm the Christ. It's been debated exactly what that means. Because how would somebody who's saying, I'm coming in Jesus' name and I'm the Christ, well, how do those two even go together? Some believe that what's being said there is many will come in the name of the Lord saying, uh, and it can be translated to understand it this way, I am anointed. I am called. I have a message from God. I'm representing God. They'll come in his name saying that they're representing him, but deceive many. And if you look in First Timothy, what does it say? That there'll be, in the last days, doctrines of demons and a spirit of great deception. So what's happening there? People are luring people through desires of the flesh and through uh, some of the words that are there and in Thessalonians indicate a wandering. So what's happening is people are influenced by the force of deception in this world, thinking in their minds, well, maybe that's right. Oh, maybe that's okay. And I will tell you that that force, the Bible says, it's going to be in the world. That means the whole world will be departing from the standards that are in the Word of God. But more than that, that the church will too. The Bible talks about the apostasy. The, a lot of that apostasy isn't, isn't just starting out by, oh, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's beginning to accept things that are not of God, doctrines of demons, and lawlessness, and the mystery of lawlessness working in the church is a part of that. So, anyway, I'm just saying, you know, it just looks like a lot of these things have taken place. And, and in the Word of God, we see how there were very high standards to come to the Lord. And we don't see that in the church today. You know, in, in the New Testament, Jesus was asking for absolute surrender. He wasn't asking for a passive thing. You see, he, he said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself and pick up your cross. It's an, there's an absolute ring to that. He said some people will, you know, you'll, it, it, it will separate father and mother, and you'll have to pull away from those that you love. And you're not pulling away, but the following the Lord does that. The point isn't that you're supposed to make yourself leave those you love. The point is following Christ sometimes is going to bring a rift 
between you and those that you love so much. And you still have to follow Christ, even though that pain is there. You see, that's what Christ is saying. Following God may cost a lot, but he never tried to reduce the price to make it where, oh, don't worry about that. You don't have to do that. No, no. Jesus was saying you have to be willing to lay down everything because it's the heart that's important. He's not telling you to lay down your family. He's saying you follow Christ. But if that's what happens, you still have to follow Christ. He told the rich young ruler, the guy goes, hey, I want eternal salvation. Jesus sees the problem in his life. He says, sell everything you've got and come and follow me. Now, Jesus didn't tell everybody, come sell. He never told anybody else that I can remember in scriptures to sell everything and come and follow him. Why did he tell this man that? Because he realized that was what was preventing him from giving absolute devotion to the Lord, you see? And God has always dealt with everybody. He wants, to, he wants absolute devotion. He commands absolute surrender. He's not asking for 90%. He's asking for 100%. And this whole attitude of saying, well, God just understands it's okay. You can just live like you're living. You can keep sleeping around. You can keep living with your boyfriend or girlfriend. God's really okay with that. He understands that you love them. That's really okay. You don't need to be legalistic. You don't, you know, let me just say that is lawlessness that's coming to the church. And that is a huge deception. And that is already an evidence of a huge and tremendous falling away of the church from the faith. Many people still say they follow the Lord, but they will say all these other things are now okay. They're of God. Of course, that's not true. You know, Paul would even say things like this. He'd say, those that continue in sin rebuke in the presence of all that the others might be fearful of sinning. You know, think about verses like that. They were so careful about wanting to get any kind of sin out of the church. Now, he wasn't talking about somebody having an issue. John says, we all sin. And when you sin, pray, ask God for help. Go get somebody, pray with you. Get help. This all go forward. We're all going forward in this life. We all are making mistakes, but we're going forward. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about somebody that's just accepted it. They're not trying to change. They call themselves a Christian, but they're living the same way. He's going, deal with that. And I, I know this sounds crazy. Uh, he says, rebuke in the presence of everybody. Why? So that everybody else would be afraid of sinning. The point there is, by you doing that, by, by Paul saying to do that, and then somebody do that in their church, Everybody else goes, wow, the fear of God comes upon them. Yes, they saw something happen, but they're, you know, naturally, so to speak, but it brings the fear of God and they go, oh man, I don't want sin in my life. And Paul also said that when sin is allowed there, it to stay, to not be confronted, to not help people out of that, that it works like Leaven. He said that in uh, 1 Corinthians 5. He says, get the man out of the church that has been living in sexual sin and will not repent. 
Get him out. You know why? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You know, I just want to say, you see, because we've allowed this thing in church and all these things departing from the faith through doctrines of demons, it has been like leaven in much of the church. And this needs to be gotten out. I just wanted to mention those things because I think if you sit back and look, you can see a lot of elements of the last days in our society right now. I mean, we're like, you know, we're like those that it happens little by little and we accommodate to it. We get we get used to it and we just move on. But it is so different than it was just a few decades ago. I mean, things have changed so rapidly. But let me just say this. I'm going to get back onto this, but I just want to back up a minute. Though things look like that, I don't believe that that's the next thing on the agenda. I believe there's going to be a move of God. I believe there's going to be an outpouring. I believe that, that just as in days past, things have thought, uh, things look like, oh, we can never get over this. I just want to say, I believe that there's going to be a great move of God. I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are going to be in operation. I believe that there's going to be a radical group of believers, and a lot of them are going to be young believers who have the love of God in their hearts, the Word of God in their mouths, and they're not going to be living for this world. They're going to be so excited about living for God, and I believe that it's going to bring a jolt into this earth. You see, God's end time was, you know, the whole picture isn't even about just darkness, darkness, darkness. If you read Isaiah 60, you'll see it's not just darkness, it's light that's super bright that you're going to shine. The glory of God's going to shine on you. There's going to be so much victory in the church. And I believe we're in that place where God's going to bring victory in the church. God's going to bring blessing to those people that have been faithful. God is going to honor and increase. And I would just say this because I believe this is the season of, I've mentioned this before, of reaping. I preached that about two weeks ago, that it just looks like it. And then I've heard about two or three prophetic words since that, since then from other people saying the exact same thing. And I'm going, to me, that's a confirmation. They're saying what I sense and what I felt. And they have, I haven't been hearing that lately. Boop, here it comes. People are saying it's a season of reaping. You're going to reap. Those of you that have been sowing good, you're going to reap good. Those of you that have been sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap from that if you don't turn because it's a season of reaping. And I want to add to that. Maybe I'll talk about this later. But I believe God is bringing the season of reaping together alongside promises that he's also given you because these are going to these are going to come together the promises god that's spoken to you and the reaping and i believe it's also going to coordinate with the purpose of god on your life and there's many of you that have been through a lot of trials you've been through a lot of difficulties i want to tell you it is not in vain it has not been in vain God is going to honor you. God is going to bless you. And do not be deceived. You are going to reap a blessing from sowing to God, from not giving up, from continuing to press in when it was difficult, from not getting off course, from trying to honor God. And when you fell, you got back up. 
when it looked like you stepped off course, you got back on course. God honors all of that. God honors you choosing to do right when it was difficult. God honors you when you when you wanted to do something in the flesh and you stopped, or maybe you even did it, but then you go, nope, that was wrong, and you repented. Let me just say, God sees all of that, and He's going to honor that, and I believe that there's going to be a season, even in the earth, where we see some of that. We get blessed in heaven, I believe, for every everything we've sown here, but sometimes God allows us to reap that here. You know, you remember where Jesus said, whoever leaves things for my sake will get back those things and multiplied with persecutions, <laughs> right? So we're in a place of difficulty, but praise God, I love to be blessed in the middle of it, right? There's, it, there's always a battle. There's always a battle. Uh, but we've been in the wilderness season battling, learning, growing, and praise God, there's a promised land season. And I'd rather battle in the promised land with big giants there. Yes, it's more scary than the promised land, than the wilderness. But guess what? In the promised land, we're increasing. God's showing up. We're seeing even a different level of miracles. And it's amazing. And we get to use the things that God's given us when we're in the promised land. Our gifts come alive. We begin to build and grow and, and, and be creative with God. You see, I love that. And I believe those days are right here at hand. I believe that we're there. And I could go on and on about that, but I just, let me back up here and just say, I do believe it's going to be in the midst of what's the craziness that's going on in the world. I shared with you a few weeks back, I was before the Lord one day and I just saw things clear up in a year and a half. It's hard to explain how I saw it being about a year and a half, but I saw it in a year and a half. I didn't even know what that meant. I'm going, God, what did you just show me? Is that my life? Is that this church? Is that did it? But as I thought through it, I believe what the Lord was saying was it's going to clear up. Things are going to start clearing up in about a year and a half. So that means to me, there may be, if that is talking about what's going on in the world, it might not be clearing up anytime too soon. And even though some things happen, there might be chaos for a while where it's hard to understand what's going on. There might be so much commotion in the battle. You can't tell who's winning and who's losing. And you can't tell who's right and who's wrong. You see, <laughs> I think that there might be a lot of confusion. And my question would be, are you ready to win and live in victory in the middle of that confusion? You see, are you going to live underneath the pressure, underneath everything that's going on? Are you going to live in a wrong attitude? Are you going to live underneath the clouds of what the enemy is doing in our nation right now and all around the world? Or are you going to live in the victory that I believe God is saying it's right here? I know it doesn't sound rational, but I will tell you, I believe God is, is sending an invitation to go deeper, to walk in a place of victory and prepare yourself to go into what's getting ready to happen, what he's getting ready to do. I believe God's bringing an invitation to that in the middle of all this chaos. And you've got to be willing to press past that, to rise above it, and to be able to see things from God's perspective. And when you're there, you are free from the chaos down here. You're free from the emotions that are manipulated 
and driven by the chaos down here. And I would just say there's a lot of people in the body of Christ today that need to get free from those things, to rise above that, and to see things from God's perspective and walk with the mind of Christ rather than the emotions of man. That's very, very imperative in this hour. And I would say it's very important that we walk by the Spirit right now. If you're not walking by the Spirit, you're going to be vulnerable. If you are walking by the flesh, I mean the natural tendencies that we all have, you're nat- you know, giving in to your emotions, giving in to wrong attitudes. If you're walking according to your flesh, you're going to be easy prey for the enemy to deceive you, for the enemy to get you to think wrongly, to walk in fear, to walk in doubt, and to accept things that are not of God. So we have to hear from God. And we have to make sure we're doing things God's way and that we are in unity with the Lord. 